Hello, bonsoir and hasta la vista. In other words, welcome to this exclusive podcast from that jewel in the crown of Lancashire, Little Snogging by the Bus Stop. Now, I was about to go to the library to renew my copy of Shoplifting for Beginners, but I think we have a crossed line. One one eight, one one eight. Oh, good afternoon. I'd uh, like the number for Interpol, please. Oh, we don't seem to have that. The best I can do for you is your local station. Shall I put you through? Okay, yes, please. Greater snogging police, can I help you? Oh, yes, I wanted to talk to Interpol. Interpol? Oh, this isn't the right number at all. I'll put you through to New Scotland Yard. Hold the line, please. New Scotland Yard, Sergeant Mills. I just wanted to speak to Interpol. I've been pushed from pillar to post. I'm beginning to lose my patience. I'm awfully sorry, sir. I'll patch you through immediately. Hold the line, please. Uh, thank you. Interpol? This is Interpol. Yes, sir. How can I help you? Fine. Right. I'd like to order two dozen red roses to be delivered to 21... (laughs) This week I really felt I was at the end of my rope, which is not a good feeling when you're the church bell ringer. But I shouldn't complain. Once I'd reattached the rope to the bell... I realised what a tremendous view I had at the top of the tower. From there I could see the sheep in the meadow, the cows in the clover, and I could also see Mrs Drummond's seventeen-year-old daughter through her bedroom window, teaching her boyfriend how to do the downward dog. At least I think that's what she was doing. But I digress. I was about to take you to the library, and it seems someone else got there first. Yes, sir, can I help you? Hello? You do not recognise me? Me, who is recognised on eight continents, and who is envied by all of the world's best crime writers' minds? It is I, Hercule Marple. Look at me and remember. Have you ever seen such magnificent eyebrows? Oh, mm, oh yes. Oh, they're a size, aren't they? And I do like the way you comb them over the back of your head to cover the bald patch. <laughs> Was there anything in particular you wanted, Mr. Mouthful? Sit and look. Marple! Marple! Show me your body. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Cheeky. Embassy. You have a dead body, do you not? I am here to examine it. Oh, that, oh yes, sorry me old child. Yeah, you'll find it under crime fiction. Take a left, then it's left again past the large print and the Mills and Boone. It should be lying just next to the photocopier. Child, I'm sure. Shh! A hush fell over the room. But then it picked itself up again. And suddenly our hero turned a corner to see a pair of wild staring eyes in a pale, lifeless sheep. There, spread eagled on top of the table next to the photocopier was... (gasps) An abandoned jacket potato. Even more curious, the dead body of a man was lying on the floor. (laughs) Just as I thought, no seasoning... But that is not what killed him. Above, of course, it was not food poisoning, you stupid Belgian truffle. 
Can you not see he has a dagger sticking out of his back? Madam, I shall ignore your insults just this once. You are clearly deranged, deflowered, and overdeveloped. How dare you stand there in that black mini-dress with a feather boa constrictor? It was a present from my previous lover. Then you admit it. You killed him in a pit of fashion. Damn you, Hercule! However did you guess? The little grey cells, Madam Agatha. Always it is the little grey cells. Seventeen years in wormwood scrubs? No matter. Those are not the cells of which I speak. I have the body of an athlete and the brain of a genius. With my trained eye, it is easy to see that there is a tiny mark on the handle where the dagger ricocheted off the Ian Rankins before plunging into the victim's back. Poor fellow, he was not to do your jealous nature. Now you have tumbled off the Times bestsellers list. Oh, oh don't, please don't! But how did you know the dagger was mine? That simplicity itself. The moment I saw you, I caught sight of the empty black leather sheath that you have strapped to your upper thigh. I also note that there is attached to the dagger a label saying, Do not remove property of Miss Agatha Crusty. Curses! Always the little details! But have you considered my motivation? But of course. You are a woman rejected by both your lover, your public, and even the producers of Iber Celebrity. <laughs> Bitter at losing such adoration, you take extreme measures, desperate to feature once again on the cover of The Big Issue. So, my little Belgian fondant, you think you've thought of everything? Not so! Observe what I have strapped to my other thigh. Sacre bleu! Will you stop at nothing? <coughs> Apparently not. Join us next week for episode three, Death on the Ribble, in which our hero gets mistaken for his mother, and I get to wear the little black frock. <laughs> Now, I may not have mentioned it, but Little Snogging by the Bus Stop once won the Best Kept Hidden Award, sponsored by Lord Lucan. The entire parish council was invited for a day out to the Tower of London, and we haven't seen any of them since. But we do have one newly elected official who is doing her best to make her presence felt in the village. Now let's have some seasonal advice from the Lady Mayor of Little Snogging, Brenda O'Hooligan. I'm deterred. I beg your pardon? I I'm deterred one. I'm deterred Lady Mayor in succession. Oh, I see. Uh, you're the third. What I said. Yes, well, now, Brenda, um, what rare delicacies have you got to offer our listeners today? Nuts. Nuts? Nuts. I, I rot it all down. I'm sorry, uh, could you run that one past us again? I wrote me notes on a piece of paper. You wrote your notes on a piece of paper? What I said. And where is the paper? I lost it. 
You lost it. Yes. It's on the bus. On the bus? What I said. Right. Well, can you improvise? What's that? Can you remember what you wrote on your notes before you lost the piece of paper on the bus? What's that? Can you remember what you rot on your nuts before you lost your pisser paper? Underbossed? What I said. Now. Next week we talk to the school headmistress, Bronwyn Bratislav McTavish. Maybe. They say music makes the world go round. Personally, I'm not a fan of dizzy spells. Here in Little Snogging, we have an old saying, a nurdle in the bush is worth a song in the stirrups. I haven't a clue what it means, but then I've never knowingly nurdled. So if you feel a tune coming on, this place is supposed to be worthy of note. Hello? Anybody there? Oh, hello! Do come in. Uh, my name's Flo, and this is my sister, Eve. Hello, Miss Gumpole. You know what they say? A friend in need is a friend of Eve. What can we do you for today? Uh, well, I was rather hoping to be retuned. Oh, well, you've come to the right place. You couldn't get more tuneful than us, could she? No, Flo. We offer the lot, you know. The full service, the park service, or just have a quickie, we're done in a jiffy. <laughs> so, what do you fancy? Uh, perhaps I could uh, just start by looking at the menu. Oh, certainly. Here you go. Oh, this is a nice one, in full colour and laminated at no extra charge. Uh, you do seem a bit pricey. Well, as this is your first time, we do have a special introductory offer. Is that the one that's marked Virgin on the Ridiculous? Mm. That's right. We can do you for a tenner. Well, personally, I've always thought of myself as a contralto. Oh, well, let's measure you first. Hmm. Just stick your tongue out, there's a good girl. No, mm. oh, just have a look at these tonsils. Mm. I haven't seen a pair like that since Dolly Parton. Oh, you're so bold. <laughs> but you're right. Not they're going to have to be resized. <laughs> Going anywhere nice this weekend? <laughs> Great Yarmouth! Oh, nice! <laughs> I had a crab sandwich there once. It was a... Go and warm your hands. Rinse and spit, please. Thanks. I meant in the bowl. Oh, so sorry. Now then, hold tight. I found the tuning hammer. Can you put your tongue out again, please? Uh, this this won't hurt, will it? Oh no, 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 no! Uh, Ed and I are properly certified, you know. Nearly. Nearly. Shush, Flo. You'll think we're amateurs. Don't worry, my love. Have you never heard of anyone going hammer and tongues? Open wide. Oh, that's lovely, Miss Dreadlock. <laughs> Just be careful of the cat, Flo. Oh, sorry about that. Whoops, uh, that's torn it. 
Oh, you haven't? Oh, I'm not going to have to stick them back on again, am I? No, silly. I meant the hammer. I dropped it in Kitty's food dish. I'll get her to lick it clean. Uh, look, look, I've changed my mind. I'll, I'll just come back later. Later? Well, well, it's up to you, dear, but we do close early today for cello practice. Yes, that's right, Ed, and we can't be late. Oh, Julian doesn't get half into a strop if we're late for practice. And rude! Do you know what he said to me the first time I played the cello for him? Julian? Mm. What, you mean Lloyd Webber? Mm. No, what did he say? He said, Madam, you're sitting there with God's gift to mankind between your legs, and all you can do is sit there and scratch it. <laughs> You've been listening to The Red Rose Tattoo. And we'd like to reassure listeners that you don't need a licence to tune in to this podcast. A £50 note will do very nicely, thank you. Taking part were Jackie Padden, Peter Frankson and Alan Veal. The music was by Dave Thomas and the script was by Peter Frankson and Alan Veal. If you've been affected by anything in this podcast, then please write to your MP and ask if he or she looks good in Lycra. (laughs) ¶¶